0: Sierra Leone's capital Freetown with inflation rising steeply for more than a year so too is the price of food gas electricity and other commodities 60 percent of the population live in poverty and the increasing cost of living is worsening the financial struggles people already suffer earlier this month A crisis erupted in the West African nation. Hundreds of people took to the streets in frustration at the economic hardship. Demonstrations turned violent and led to deaths. Dozens were killed while protesting against the government. Sierra Leone is recovering from a ten-year civil war that destroyed many of its institutions before it ended in 2002. President Julius Madar came to power in 2018, promising to make his country financially independent by fighting corruption. With only 10 months left in his term, protesters are calling for him to resign. But the president says this is politically motivated.
1: The full force of the law will be brought to bear on all those persons who attacked and killed police officers. They, they are sponsors and their collaborators will not go unpunished. There will also be a full investigation into the death of ordinary citizens who lost their lives in this senseless violence incited by those unknown persons.
0: With the cost of living in Sierra Leone that's risen by more than 40% within the last few months, could the government have avoided the conflict? And is there a way to peacefully end the crisis before a general election next year? The President of Sierra Leone, Julius Madabayo, talks to Al Jazeera. President Julius Madabayo, thank you very much for your time and for joining us here on Talk to Al Jazeera. Can we begin with recent events? Uh, how surprised are you at the violence that has been witnessed in the capital and the surrounding areas of your country?
1: While well, with the commitment we have made as a nation, and uh, take into consideration a very difficult history of violence. We have vowed as a nation, after the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, that we will always settle our differences peacefully and not by means of violence.
0: In terms of the current situation, how, why do you think people have come out onto the streets? What seems to be, or what are the issues that are worrying them and making them so angry?
1: Ours was not a cost of living protest. It was a politically motivated um, uh, protest or uh, demonstration that has been politically motivated. And uh, as you can see from their chance, they would never even spoke about any cost of uh, the, the cost of essential commodities uh, because we have made that available at the cost um, and um, we are making every attempt to ease the, the, the burden on society.
0: Your uh, detractors would um, perhaps not agree with what you've just said there. We've spoken in our news reports to people, members of the public, uh, on the ground uh, about their concerns about the economy, uh, the rising cost of living. But if I also just add here that 60% of your community are living in poverty, their cost of living is rising or has risen by 40% in the last few months. How can you justify that this crisis is politically motivated and that that their anger is politically motivated when your country, like many others across the continent and the globe, are experiencing this very unique set of economic factors that are making the public angry at large?
1: Of course there is hardship in Sweden. But um, we have done quite a lot to address that hardship. Is it only in Syria, do no. you know? Have we done something about it? Yes, and we continue because it is my duty as head of state of the Republic of Syria to cater for the needs of my people. But what is happening around the world has a limit of which we can address. The world uh, economic crisis is beyond the, uh, what we can do. And um, Irrespective of the fact that we have taken off, waived off most of the the, the 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 duty on essential commodities, we have made sure that these commodities are available, and uh, we are very sensitive to the price, uh, the prices of commodities. We have um, reduced the price of fuel in uh, twice in just uh, a month alone, just making sure that it does not uh, affect the people adversely. Yes, there is economic hardship. Yes, the Syrian are, are definitely suffering. Yes, we have done quite a lot and we'll continue to do uh, quite a lot. Why I said it was politically motivated was because there were a lot of arrangements and none of them were actually talking about the, the cost of living. Um, I see you had the chance, it was about the head of state leaving and um, uh, little boys we have gathered and uh, pushed to the streets and told to cater to, to push, to call for the uh, overthrow. Even those we are organizing, we are, talking, we are talking about, we are not even talking about the cost of living. We are talking about the overthrow of a legally constituted government. So that is why I said um, things are hard, but the particular uh, violent demonstration that we all witnessed, which shocked us to the core, was definitely not a part of living protest.
0: You talked about the commodities that you're making available and the price of commodities you're making available to the public at large. Uh, because of the crisis that your country is um, embroiled in at the moment, the African Development Fund, for example, has suggested that they will offer a $2 million grant really to help the funds to farmers uh, in terms of being able to plant seed um, and uh, obtain fertiliser at subsidised rates for the next two planting seasons. How important is it to get that money to the country and how important is it to get those products to the farmers so that they can plant for the next season? Well, we are already far
1: gone into the season and uh, that is far too small an amount to actually cater for the needs of the farmers. We as a government have had a change of policy we have uh, brought in the, the the private sector and we have also provided support uh, in terms of inputs, uh, machines and other um, agricultural inputs, in order to boost up the production of food
0: since last year. It is obviously a difficult time because the World Food Programme, for example, is saying that 13% of food insecurity is higher in uh, families that are headed by females, by women. Are those statistics worrying when... Also, there is an imbalance sometimes between those families headed by men and those by women and food insecurity and availability to women who are trying to get it, who most probably don't have great jobs and are actually you know, trying to not only feed a family but trying to raise a family as well in very difficult circumstances.
1: We have been trying to even take care of that by uh, a, a, a micro um, credit facility which was given mostly to women we called Munafa, just to cushion the effects of this. And uh, th- that this was designated more uh, or targeted at um, women and uh, the youth who, uh, who suffer uh, most in, 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 in such periods.
0: Many human rights groups and charitable groups were very focused on how women were treated, certainly after the Ebola um, scenario of what 2014 2015 Oxfam was very concerned about the rights of women their access to you know just clean water food education what protections has the government put in since 2014 2015 to protect women and young uh, girls in this scenario now that you're facing an economic crisis which centers around food availability
1: well, we, I mean this government has paid particular attention to the plight of women in this country we have one, um, besides uh, just going around and getting things done, which has been extremely difficult for them, uh, carrying most of the body to, to, to take care of uh, their families. Uh, what they are, we are also exposed to all sorts of injustice. One was uh, rape, especially for the guard child. Uh, what we have done is to make sure that the, the, the Sexual Offenses Act we have reviewed, and toughened the penalty. And uh, rape was declared uh, an emergency in this country when it got done. The information got to me that um, too many women were being raped. And we have completely reviewed the law. And now um, we have special courts, murder courts that deal with rape issues in this country. So a lot of effort is being put into uh, that particular sector. The, the women of this country, we are going. To, we are fighting very hard to bring at par with their male compatriots.
0: And of course, uh, these concerns sometimes are put to one side when you do have these scenarios and incidents of civil strife. And as we've as we said over the last uh, few days and weeks, certainly in August, uh, over uh, food insecurity and, and the rising cost of living. Your vice president described the fermenting anger as being initiated by, and I quote, unscrupulous individuals. Do you want to actually, on record, talk about who, who are you actually focusing on? Who are these unscrupulous individuals? Well, I
1: think uh, what he was specifically referring to are a group of uh, Syrian unions, most of whom live in the diaspora, who are known to have been inciting violence in this country. And they have their collaborators and supporters who are also politicians. Some of them are well-placed in society who we are known to be organizing, coordinating, cooperating, uh, 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 financing this whole thing. It just didn't come from the thin air. Uh, He was making reference to individuals who have worked very hard to use the present hardship, uh, which is not common to Sweden, in order to stay up violence that has led to the death of so many of our compatriots, unfortunately.
0: Mr President, you're not the only one who we've had on uh, the Al Jazeera channel and our sister programmes, but everybody that we've talked to has has talked about not wanting to see a return to the civil war, a return to the violence that your country so sadly experienced uh, a few decades ago. How important has truth and reconciliation been uh, in terms of Uh, trying to heal those wounds. And are you concerned with what you've seen uh, in the past few days uh, and and weeks on the streets of Freetown, that there is potentially a possibility that this might happen if it gets out of control?
1: Well, the government is investigating, and we are going to take very tough measures to make sure that we don't slip back into that history. Uh, This, I I want to state, uh, was a calculated attempt at... um, overthrowing the government. But, you know, what is unfortunate about it is that, unlike in the past, I have made the agenda, the the calendar very clear. One year ahead of time, the 24th of June, next year has been declared as the day for presidential and uh, general elections. So if you want to, if anybody wants to engage in politics, you have a date set and the process is on for us to have to go back and make and get the, the mandate, a new mandate. So, um, what the Honorable Vice President referred to definitely is correct. We have people um, who are on record, they are on video, they are on audio. And uh, what we expect, especially uh, the, the Dutch government, is to take action against a particular Syrian uh, who calls himself by an, an acronym, of, uh, Adebayo, who has consistently incited violence and violence and, the, and, and, and on all of those occasions that he has done so, violence has taken place at his incitement, and people have died in the
0: process. And I would say that that's most probably a conversation you have to have with the government, though, isn't it? Uh, With foreign governments who you think are sheltering such people. But citizens in... Uh, Sierra Leone, under the Constitution, do have a right to protest, apparently if they they'd give you prior notification under the Constitution. But where do you draw the line, though, when such protests, for example, were instantaneous and that when you say you're looking for peace and stability, you come out with words, and I say uh, uh, in a quote, that you, you described it as terrorism. These are very strong words, quite incendiary words, that can be um, mistaken and uh, uh, misinterpreted by the public if they are taken in the wrong way?
1: When somebody sits in Holland and incites violence, where people are killed, properties are burned, the nation is brought on on its knees and everybody is frightened and the curfew has to be declared at the incitement of an individual. I, I don't know what other name you can call that person. When uh, um, um, Osama bin Laden was hidden in the cave there and inciting violence that led to the death of so many people in New York, Washington and other places, we called him a terrorist. That which walks like a duck quacks like a duck. is a duck by any description.
0: That is the description. In 2020, you spoke to us here on Talk to Al Jazeera and you were confident that Sierra Leone would not go Uh, back uh, in time and you wouldn't see uh, civil conflict. Despite what's happening in the short term, are you still confident, uh, considering some commentators are a little bit nervous about what they see on their TV screens coming out of your country?
1: Uh, Yes, I'm confident. Uh, We are currently involved in nationwide engagement with every um, um, facet of our society. I had engagements with uh, traditional leaders, with paramount chiefs. I'm just coming out of a meeting with um, religious leaders, actually. And everybody is shocked and surprised, and everybody is determined to never allow this to happen again. We are taken by surprise, like you rightly described it, and we are shocked that. You know, uh, the sort of violence that was unleashed that they could be, could, could take place again 20 years after we had declared the end of uh, a civil war in Syria But we are working. I am very optimistic. What happened was just among a few uh, misguided young people, if you watch your videos, you will realize that no responsible person was out there. These are just uh, a group of marauding guns, some of them carrying weapons and uh, we have videos of them going to the police station to steal bikes and all of these things. That is not the cost of keeping protest.
0: Okay, Mr President, you paint a very positive picture of how the government is engaging with various ethnicities and groups in the country to try and make sure that peace is restored or peace can be seen to be uh, working. Yet one commentator, on our sister programme, Inside Story, said recently that there are very low trust levels within the government due to um, nation-building. And that is... It's been very slow to get progress after the Civil War to try and heal those wounds. Why is there uh, low trust levels? Obviously, there have been presidents post-peace. You're not the only one. There were those before you. But why do you think the public maybe feel insecure that they can't quite trust the government? What can you do to allay their fears?
1: Politicians have been used to telling lies to the public. They will promise a heaven and not deliver anything. What I have done is to establish their trust. In this country, people fondly call me, talk and do, because everything I have promised as a politician, I have done. When there was war in this country and I was in charge, I promised I was going to handover. I promised I was going to bring initiate peace process. I promised I was going to reintroduce democracy. I did all before I left. Haven't come back. I have promised a series of things and I've delivered on all of those things. So that is better to fill the gap, that uh, trust uh, gap that is there which has been maintained by quite a lot of other politicians. I am not keeping with that. We are trying to get everybody's support in order to to bring peace back. I I want to use this opportunity to assure Syrian unions that we are going to provide security henceforth and that we are going to work with every segment, we are going to work with our political parties to make sure that what happened, that unfortunate situation that happened on that day does not repeat itself.
0: Can we then uh, move on now to the COVID pandemic? It's affected every country across the world. Every country has tried to Um, recover from it, both socially, medically and economically. And everyone seems to be having a difficult time. What are the problems that you're facing when it comes to dealing with um, post-Covid recovery?
1: Well, uh, Covid itself has been followed by a series of international crises. Um, We we are able to curb Covid, to contain Covid very quickly. Using our experience with uh, Ebola, we were very quickly able to curb uh, COVID, and be, because we are able to stand up all the structures that we erected during our our our, our fight against Ebola, and uh, using the, the benefit of hindsight, very quickly the whole Trinidadian community came together and. Um, Within a very short time, while most of Europe and other parts of the country were struggling with COVID, we are are no longer having fatalities, not even um, uh, people going to hospital as a result of COVID. But after that, the rest of the world was still in lockdown. We could not transact business with other parts of the world. I mean, uh, in this global village, there's very little we can do. And that was followed by, of course, uh, maybe at the same time with um, supply chain disruptions. So it, it has been extremely difficult. And those supply chain disruptions led to an increase in freight of everything. For a country that imposed a lot of things, the prices shut up and uh, the prices were still up and the, the, supply chains, the supply chain was disrupted when the situation in, uh, uh um, um ukraine erupted and uh, of course you know the disruption that war has caused in every other thing with the supply of um energy supply uh we have had to deal with uh, a serious increase in the price of uh, petrol uh which is used which we use uh, um, uh, for, for 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 to generate and uh, other types of fear so um, definitely, uh, we already had a difficult situation on our hand when the situation in uh, Ukraine erupted and just compounded in uh, different ways. Uh, we would rather prefer, the, you know, we would appeal to, uh, to the, the powers that be to find a way to resolve this. We can do so peacefully.
0: Well, as you talked about the fact that the, the economy obviously is inter, 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 interlinked with uh, the small global community and the successes and the gains that have been made by the country during peacetime have been wiped away perhaps because of the uh, the pandemic itself and the IMF and the World Bank are projecting that your growth will perhaps be halved in the next two to three years, only averaging around about 36 to 4.4%. Is that of concern to you about how to start the growth within your country and to prosper on the continent?
1: We have a series of overlapping and compounding challenges. We just made recovery itself from one uh, uh, um, situation to another. Completely uh, difficult for us that have very weak economies. So definitely we have been negatively impacted.
0: 2023 is potentially an election year Uh, for all politicians across Sierra Leone, including yourself. Firstly, will you be seeking re-election? And why should the people of Sierra Leone have faith in your leadership?
1: Well, I'm I'm going to seek re-election. This is um, my first mandate, and the 24th of June is going to be uh, the election date. I have already made that known. Before today... Uh, previous, some other governments, uh, especially the previous government, will not make that date uh, available except with the knowledge and uh, uh, of, of of us all. I have in advance of um, one year in advance for that period. I've made it known so everybody knows that that is the date. Why should unions re um, reelect me to to, to 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 governance when I came? Uh, uh, to the same for uh, more than four years ago, I made a promise that human capital development was going to be my flagship program. Today, as I speak to you, over 2.5 million kids are in school. As I speak to you, we have provided transportation for kids in most of the cities. That was never the case before uh, uh, we came. We are providing money and teaching materials for the kids. We are providing food for the kids. We have also diversified, started the process of diversification by making sure that agriculture, which has been um neglected, is given the appropriate attention so that we don't have to go through this. We have over 5.3 million hectares of land under a reasonable rainfall per year to be able to produce. We have no business importing most of what we are importing. So now we have um, uh, uh, encouraged the private sector and we are providing uh, inputs agricultural inputs in order to stimulate economic growth, which we think will benefit the nation. Before we came, uh, it was, uh, politics was always a fearful uh, thing in this country. We have abolished the death penalty It was hanging on so many people. Uh, We have, um, the press freedom has been assured before that incident uh, on the third, that fateful day, Sierra Leone has been considered the fourth, most peaceful country in Africa. By the, by MCC uh, evaluation, we moved from 47% to 83% uh, in terms of our rating in, in, uh, in, in handling. Um, um corruption. so quite a lot has been done under the circumstances difficult as they are and uh, we are heading for greater days for Australia.
0: Well we shall see what happens uh, for the moment. Uh, president of Sierra Leone Julius Made thank you very much for your time and for joining us here on talk to Al Jazeera. Thank you.